0: what's going on welcome back to the look mom i'm hustling podcast the number one entertainment hustle related podcast show in the nation in australia
1: i love that can we, we keep saying it. that yeah definitely it's like the it's Logan
0: Paul. Bit long paul- win- winded though
1: i don't think so it's like the logan paul one right where he just kept saying they're like the number one podcast in america or something like that and the, then he just yeah he, yeah he says it like at the beginning of everyone even though he's not and he's like yeah i'm just I was going gonna with say it. i
0: don't think he ever became number one like it's kind of hard to surpass joe rogan he's up there though in the sort of the bro world
1: yeah it's the whole affirmation thing right like we will be number one
0: right who's your number one podcast let's eliminate the obvious ones
1: Uh, it honestly it just depends like what mood i'm in like i've got a few that i cycle through so i've got like ryan holiday which i talked about before like he's into the huberman podcast even though a lot of the science stuff just goes over my head because i remember
0: one of our very early episodes was why we started the look Mum show yeah it's a cool name as well look Mum show Mm-hmm. Um, No mums involved yet so, so we'll get around to it I think, I was thinking actually We should get our parents on Our mums on In particular one day Far out. Maybe just you and the mums Or we can be both of us And yeah. that's going to be Probably our most viewed I reckon But we did do an initial Early episode About our favorite podcast at the time. And I think it's changed quite a bit since then. Yeah. Like, based on what you just said, anyway.
1: No, for sure. And I remember, like, when I first got into listening to podcasts, like, I had no idea what it was. And you were like, Have you heard of this thing called podcast? And I'm like, What's podcasting? And then that's when we. Way back when. So, like, cereal was heaps popular and stuff like that. But I think cereal actually
0: made. There should probably be a new cereal out now. Sorry to cut you off. Now that uh, Adnan was released from jail the other month oh
1: right month. yeah and i think that was a big like driving force for him being able to get out and stuff
0: right yeah everyone was just in the reddit forums mm-hmm. trying to figure out all the little details of the crimes yeah um so interesting mm. so yeah, i think uh, if you guys want to see the mums on the on the pod i don't know how keen that'd be or if they understand what it is <laughs> drop, we'll a com- drop us a comment <laughs> but it's funny you said that you didn't know what a podcast was right and i, no. I did deep dive on my old facebook account the other day and found the first podcast i started with some friends back in wollongong 2015 i tried and then i did a couple since then we did the bold encounters star trek one that's didn't go right very far. literally
1: sitting on our bed with like two handheld microphones and watching star trek on uh, my old imac desktop yeah
0: maybe we should bring that back i've got the episode somewhere on a hard drive anyway enough about that we're kind of on like a bit of a, a movie sci-fi theme today as you can see we're wearing our our Avatar shirts, so yes. 2009 Avatar shirts from the initial movie were big fans. Um, these were actually in our eBay store. Should we? I was thinking about should we start doing like an ad read for our eBay store? Oh my show? god!
1: Should our eBay store like pon- sponsor. Sponsor, sponsor 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 the episode a bit like um, Rick Glassman? Right? Yeah, yeah. He um, he's like another comedian podcaster, but he uses his dad's furniture store rug store rug store that's right and puts ads and stuff in the middle of his episode and everything yeah, so we're going to do
0: the clicks we're not going to rip him off that far but um <laughs> maybe we can just sell let's
1: do like an audio ad like uh what's the um like the woodston with a y like right. those kind of like radio sort of style a really ads. annoying voice yeah. mm-hmm.
0: um so yeah we'll get we'll get into all all the avatar news because we did see first thing yesterday morning um on release day which was interesting we did we have a few extra i guess it's kind of a science theme today science movie theme. So. Got some interesting stuff to talk about Uh, in science news in particular. Some breaking, groundbreaking news.
1: Huge breakthrough in science. Right. There's been a
0: big, big, huge breakthrough with physicists. uh, I mean, my my P's and my C's, not great today. Physicists achieving a holy grail of nuclear fusion energy. So there's a groundbreaking discovery. They've figured out a way to essentially make more energy um, compared to nuclear fission energy, which is, we'll we'll get into it a bit later, but they take uh, a large, heavy element or atom I'm really failing on my um you're my the science size degree. guy yeah <laughs> uh, and they split it into two smaller components yeah. and then you get released energy out of there um but they figured out a way to do it the other way we have two lighter elements in mm-hmm. this case hydrogen and you can create energy um from two two components that are lighter in yeah. weight and mass essentially so you get more clean energy available
1: yeah 100% and just to sort of like slim it down for people like me yeah, um so this is the first well. time the first time they got more energy out than energy in
0: energy in yeah. well we can get into that as well mm-hmm. uh US lawmakers introduced bills to ban TikTok we've heard this before I think mm-hmm. Donald Trump tried canceling TikTok at one point uh citing the risk of China spying on Americans that's from variety magazine and there's also a new report we've seen this morning showing uh the algorithm There's some data that shows the algorithm pushes self-harm and negative self-image stuff around diet to and, like, self-harm, suicidal kind of things um, to young teens and stuff via the algorithm. So it's kind of – it's interesting where TikTok's at at the moment. A lot of people Mm -hmm. are trying to get it banned and then there's a lot of data coming out showing why – Supporting that. Supporting the argument of why Mm -hmm. it's not the best platform and uh, is the content on there being skewed and trying to represent – Americans and the US in a negative light or trying to, I guess, create more like mental health problems potentially, as opposed to like showing the more enlightening, positive stuff. So that's really interesting. Um, we're getting into the James Cameron, av- James Cameron, <laughs> his name, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it is James Cameron. Uh, yeah.
0: Avatar sequel, Way of Water, expected to make a splash with 525 million Global opening this weekend, but it needs two billion to break even.
1: Wow, two billion!
0: Yeah, That's a I, don't, lot. I don't know if it costs two billion to make, by including all of the the marketing is the huge Oh yeah, part, right? like I heard
1: that marketing is like like twenty five to fifty percent of like the money like invested in um, movies and.
0: I haven't seen that much marketing for it yet. No, um, I haven't seen any toys. I haven't been in Kmart or anything like that. because so it's Christmas time. And yeah. It is a bit mental, but I haven't seen any toys or actually, I do work with a
1: dad. I was like talking about. It. He's like, oh yeah, I've seen the toys around. So right. they do have toys and stuff. Interesting.
0: Yeah. So. Mm. We'll get into the Avatar news. We got our our merch on in mm-hmm. support of yep. the Cameron. What's his What's his nickname? Cameron Meister.
1: Sure. Cam, why not Cam Meister? Cam Meister. Yeah. Um. And if you want to see our shirts that we're wearing, just pop on over to the YouTube or and Spotify has yep. got the video version as well. Uh,
0: and on the content theme, media and entertainment giant Warner Brothers Discovery taking up a one billion dollars more in tax write offs from cancelled content. So they've sort done a merger recently. They've incorporated a bunch of different entities like DC and HBO and all that sort of stuff, um, and they've got to slim down on the on the top line, to cut some con- cut some uh, content out, and they're going to be like five point three billion dollars of written off um, off the top line.
1: Will this be DC's time to shine? Are they finally going to get it right? Are they finally going to be up there like Marvel
0: is? Is Marvel still up there? What yeah. was the latest release?
1: Um, Black Panther just
0: came out, right? Yes,
1: yeah, Wakanda one is, like, I think it's a huge one as well. But just think about the correlation, like, Marvel with their TV shows, movies, and all that kind of stuff, they're 100% making more of a profit than DC is, so. And uh, we'll get into a little bit later as well, but there's one of those things, like, when the Avengers first came out, everyone's like, who the hell are the Avengers? Like, what about the Justice League? I know everybody knows who the Justice League is, but now, like, it's more about the Avengers than the Justice League, where it used to be the other way around, especially in the comic book series.
0: Super interesting stuff. And um, yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking about Avatar. Like they got to make huge numbers, right? Mm. What, what's their competition? Because there's always the the Christmas rush, the holiday season releases. I don't have a sta- haven't had a Star Wars one for a couple of years now. But I was thinking, like, what's going to be competing with Avatar? And I guess it would be Black Panther, Wakanda Forever.
1: Yes, yeah, and it's just one of those. Like with Avatar, right? Like it's yes, it's a. It's like kind of like a kid's movie, but not like a kid's movie at the same time, because it's been like 12 years like between.
0: That's what's an interesting component as well. Like a lot of of these movies and um, series aren't really skewed towards kids anymore. Like Black Panther is more of an adult one, I I would feel, because there's a lot more emotional heartstrings, especially with the the passing of uh, what was the lead characters, the lead actor. We've um, forgotten.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, we're, he, we're great at this. Yeah. He,
0: he, <laughs> he passed away, unfortunately. <laughs> and did. there's a, a big um, scene at the end, I believe, that mm-hmm. pays tribute and homage to yeah. him. Um, so it's a kind of emotional one. And even the Avatar was quite emotional as well. But from its 2009 release, we were in our early 20s. Now we're in our mid 30s. And it's sort of like, are they, is this, these contents made for people as they age, if that makes sense?
1: It does, yeah. So, it's almost, like, made for the parents to bring their kids along, but there's a lot more for the parents in it than there is for the kids. Like, you'd have the colours and, the, like, the fast-paced storyline and all the action scenes and, I guess, like, the marketing for, like, toys and stuff for the kids' aspect, but then you've got the dialogue and the emotional aspect to it that's for the, you know, the parents watching so they can stay engaged and yeah, actually of, enjoy.
0: plenty of animations and Disney and Pixar things coming out. Yeah. Um, not None of them do well these days apparently apparently yeah, apparently <laughs> Okay. apparently remember that kid from the ellen show apparently
1: apparently have you
0: seen that kid No. i've never can bring it up it's, it's really funny they have this um kid that's getting interviewed at like a fate stare or something and you yeah. can tell he's just learned the word apparently oh yes 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 yes. <laughs> just says it 18 times in one sentence apparently
1: yeah no i remember that the kid's probably kid, yeah. like 20 now and probably
0: probably apparently yeah. doing well in life And we'll get on to the fusion talk. So physicists achieve, you can bring this up on the screen if you like, physicists achieve a holy grail of nuclear fusion with a long road ahead. So last week, the Department of Energy's Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory made nuclear fusion history. Scientists fired the world's most energetic lasers to recreate the process that gives stars like the sun their sparkle turning hydrogen, which is the the lightest element on the periodic table, Mm -hmm. into helium. For the first time in history, this attempt to recreate nature produced surplus energy. So, as you said, you put, uh, you get more out than you put in. Essentially, mm-hmm. after putting in two megajoules of energy, the reactors spit out a bit over three. So it's like a fifty percent yield on top. Kind of interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense if you don't really know science. Like we're not the, the most knowledgeable, but it's a groundbreaking stuff nonetheless. You should mm-hmm. pay attention to it because it's going to be, it's going to have huge implementations in the next few decades, 40, 50 years, once they figure out how to do this, figure out how to do this at mass scale yeah. and get it into homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the breakthrough is more than six decades in the making and brings us a step closer to an abundant form of energy, of clean energy. So, gigantic laser here. And because of the size of- uh, Like three, a football field? I think it's three football fields. Yeah.
1: So, you can even Google the, um, the national- Livermore, yes, thank you, Livermore um, Laboratory, and you can actually see how like how much of a large scale it is. They apparently have like a whole bunch of these facilities all around the place, but this is one of the few that specialize in
0: lasers. It's a particular type, yeah. There's exactly. other ones that are, I've I read a little bit about it. There's different ones um, that are like oval shaped or donut shaped. They they have they try and do the same kind of experimental outcome, but with a different method, basically. Mm-hmm. At the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratories, national. Ignition facility, that's a lot of nationals in that sentence. A giant laser takes up a building the size of three football fields. The laser shoots a pulse that's split into 192 beams and lands on an eraser-sized golden cylinder. The cylinder contains a frozen pellet of hydrogen isotopes, deuterium and tritium. There's a kind of a little image there of what it would look like. When blasted with this pulse of energy, the capsule heats up to more than 3 million degrees Celsius and implodes. This causes the hydrogen atoms to fuse into helium and release high-energy neutrons along with other forms of energy. So they basically have to get it at super, super hot temperatures, 3 million degrees, and then all Because, like, when you learn in school, uh, hydrogen and or uh, well, a lot of the atoms have the... <laughs>
1: I'm just really, trying to think of, like, you know, the periodic table,
0: right? They have uh, the protons and uh, the neutrons? negative... They have the negative and the positive parts swirling around the outside, and they repel each other, right? Yeah. Um, but basically the high... Temperatures you get, you force them together as opposed mm-hmm. to them naturally repelling from each other. Right. And when you heat them up at, to a certain degree, that's how you can fuse the two together. That's why the sun can do it because it's oh, right. It's so hot. it's like you
1: put it under pressure and like and a reaction a, sort a of lot happens. You yeah.
0: need a lot of pressure and a lot of uh, heat, which right. is what this uh, laboratory does, right?
1: Yeah, and this has been like they've been trying to do this for like since the 1950s, right? This has been like a long time coming.
0: Yeah. So there, there has been a joke apparently in the the physics world that it's uh, fusion energy has been 10 years away for the last five decades <laughs> <laughs> and it's still it's still a long long way away yeah um from this article it says we can't expect large-scale fusion plants to power our homes anytime soon uh it, it requires an enormous amount of energy around 300 megajoules to shoot the laser and kick off the fusion process so the to even start the process, they need 300 megajoules, mm-hmm. and then they turn two into three. So it's not technically just getting two to three. You have to put in so much to even get the reaction to occur first. So oh. there's so much work and um, infrastructure and stuff to be built to make this a lot more efficient. Nah,
1: no, that makes sense because I was reading because like this sort of reminded me of like so you know because batteries are such like a huge part of like lithium batteries is like such a huge part of all our tech and everything. And then it was I think they made it. Like as a use like in the 80s, but it wasn't made for like home or commercial use until like the 90s. So it took like a good like 10 years for them to be able to adapt it for yeah. like everyday use.
0: And we're, we're always in the, the fear stage of climate change and burning mm-hmm. all these fossil fuels and stuff. Um, so this could be a, a way to slow it down and minimize it. But again, we're going to be decades away. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just a, a nice little infographic that i found explaining the difference between fission and fusion. Well, we'll, I we'll like it these. The,
1: makes we'll, it easier for me we'll put it in the to understand. No, it's visual, right? You're <laughs> a visual
0: learner. Um, so we'll put it up. I'm not going to explain it too much, but the physical processes that produce energy from atoms. So fission, they have a larger, splits a larger atom into two or s- more smaller ones. Mm-hmm. But the problem is you get a lot of uh, uranium and plutonium, which is radioactive waste. So it is productive, but you also get a lot of junk out of it, and it's not clean energy.
1: So they probably have to figure out like what to to do with the waste. it.
0: it? more energy to dispose it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas fission energy joins two or more lighter atoms into a large one using hydrogen, and hydrogen's everywhere, right? It's in water. It's in the air. It's in our bodies, right? It's in everywhere. Yeah, we're mostly carbon-based, but I mean everything's just got water in it essentially.
1: That's why I'm not not the science person. Except for this table,
0: (laughs) I really need to brush up my science skills. Or learnings rather, mm-hmm. uh, and the byproduct, rather than being radioactive, it's helium, which is used to fuel hot that, air balloons. I was going to say, that the
1: balloons that make your voice go super high? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, just basically not radioactive. But the interesting thing is this: the amount of energy it produces. So nuclear f- uh, fission energy is one million times greater than any other energy source. Right. Whereas the fission is three to four times greater Whoa. than fission itself. Wow. So it's just super, super clean. Mm-hmm. But again, it's going, to, it's going to take a long, long time for this to get into homes and stuff yep. like that. I think I've read... Uh, You can turn that off. Oh, you got something that you want to show? Yeah,
1: I was just going to say check out the... Um, I'll see if I can send it to you. Just the laboratory. Like, the pictures up inside the actual laboratory itself. And it's, like, massive. Wow. Like, look at that. Like, it is absolutely huge. Like, it's... It honestly looks like something from NASA, right? Like obviously like it's mental, like all these wires, all the tubing and stuff.
2: <laughs> wires, and tubing.
0: <laughs> wires and tubing, sorry. It's a lot of wires and a lot. I mean there's a lot of wires and tubing in this room alone, let alone yeah. the, the laboratory here. But, but the interesting massive, yeah. interesting thing is I believe it was publicly funded. It wasn't like a, a private institute or anything like that.
1: No, and then because of this. Now they've been able to get a lot more money and a lot more resources and yep. stuff towards it, um, which is awesome, which means then the more money that's invested, obviously, the quicker um, they'll be able to turn around, whether it can be made for maybe commercial use first and then for household or consumer. Yeah, I did
0: hear somewhere that because it's from hydrogen, it's like the lightest element on the periodic table. I think some like if they can figure it out at a large, large scale where they can incorporate it into every home, um, you can essentially power the home's energy for a year with a cup of water, a cup of seawater.
1: Wow. So
0: that's, you know, probably 100 years away before that can happen, but it it could save the planet. It could mean we don't have to rely on Elon Musk to take us to to Mars.
1: Well, I was going to say, like, having that amount of energy with just a cup of water, like, it just makes me think of, like, space travel, right? Like, could you imagine that not only does it help with, like, that energy purpose for, like, a household, could you imagine of, like, flight as well, like being able to fly anywhere, go anywhere? Just with
0: even if you can replace cars, like comp- cars use like combustion uh, uh, as part of the engine process to get mm-hmm. it moving, and you got all the gas and all the the crap that comes out of the back of it. If once all this stuff can be figured out, decades from now, like we could be see a whole new, a whole new world essentially of different transportation methods, different ways of housing being built. Industries would be just completely revolutionized.
1: Hundred percent, and like that, it's gonna like. Almost, like, to actually tie into Avatar, right? Because, like, that was the whole point of the first one with them going to Pandora was to get the resources for...
0: You're giving giving away a spoiler for a 2009 movie, are you?
1: Oh, I was like, no, no. spoiler alert for <laughs> 2009, everybody. Um, but that was the whole reason. So it took, like, six years to get to Pandora because they had, like, a
0: special... Um, Unob- unobtainium. Yes,
1: that's right, which is a- apparently used in a lot of science sci- sci- sci-fi movies for, is like, it? a particular... Um, I guess, metal or resource that they just can't name or whatever it is. But, like, yeah, the whole point they go to there is be able to mine that so then they can save planet Earth because they've depleted the natural resources, right? Interesting. That hits like, so close to home because we're, you know, depleting the fossil fuels, we're depleting all the national um, national resources.
2: Yep.
1: Um, and then, yeah, that's why they travel out of world and out of space is just to try and find places that can help. I guess, bring Earth back to where it was or find more resources and everything.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking here on uh, Wikipedia. It's actually been mo- used in a couple of movies. So it was first used in The Core in 2003. Also, we never got around to watching Minority, Pro- Report, la- was that Minority Report last oh, week. Oh, yeah, we never did, hey. Anyway, we ended up watching Avatar instead. Uh, it was <laughs> initially in The Core, so I didn't realise it was... Uh, also in James Cameron. Yeah. Also in James Cameron. I didn't realise it was used in a couple of movies. Um, I guess he must have been a big fan and just wanted to carry on the legacy of this fake element yeah interesting uh so let's move on to uh TikTok. I-, I did delete it the other week and then i kind of got back on it was that you like re-logging
1: in because i got an email saying oh, like <laughs> yeah. it's like quick someone's logging in well
0: based on uh, last week we wanted to bring you guys new ideas and hustles a way of making money in this mm-hmm. upcoming recession and stuff so i thought where's where we're going to find the most obscure and underground Random hustles, probably on TikTok, right?
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: So that's why I deleted, deleted it initially and then re-downloaded it for that reason. But then I'm kind of like,
1: is it, after, was it a good idea? After all
0: this news, maybe not so much a good good idea. So U.S. lawmakers introduced bills to ban TikTok, citing risk of China spying on Americans. Do you feel spied on?
1: I, I always, not always feel spied on, but because like when you when you sign up to an app, right, you don't read the terms and conditions and you just go hit okay and go on to the next one. But like usually in those terms and conditions, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, all that kind of one, you're saying, yes, it's okay for you to track my usage. Yes, it's okay for you to track my search results and all that kind of thing. And with the AI episode last week, it was that, yes, you approve of people to access your photo reel. Yeah. Like it's, I mean- it's almost like it's a common thing now that you don't even think about saying, yes, it's okay to track.
0: Um, no well, one reads that stuff, right? No,
1: no. And that's why iPhone sort of introduced that option of like, ask this app not to track. Um, and that's what, you know, really hurt Facebook with their ad revenue and stuff because they couldn't target as much. So, yes and no, I'm kind of worried about the whole tracking thing. But this, I guess, with the momentum about um, TikTok and stuff at the moment, it is a little bit more worrisome.
0: Yeah. And speaking of terms and conditions, um, there was a documentary I watched a few years ago. If you want to look into this sort of stuff uh, and see what you're actually signing up for a lot of the time, you just, you're just just unaware of it, right? There's a documentary called Terms and Conditions May Apply. And it sort of goes into, if you were even a, like a lawyer, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know what kind of lawyer, just a good one, I guess.
1: Uh, a person who knows law.
0: <laughs> <laughs> even they can't understand a lot of the, the jargon used in these um, sort of documents. So Again, you don't really know what you're signing up for a lot of the time, and you're taking a, a blind leap of faith a lot of the time when you're downloading these apps. And you know, billions of people are on these apps, so I guess everyone's sort of in the dark just as much as everyone as the person next to you. Mm. So it's kind of scary stuff. But um, on TikTok, legislation seeking to ban TikTok in the U.S. has been officially introduced in Congress in an effort led by GOP Senator Marco Rubio. Rubio's press office cited the. Quote, risk of TikTok being used to spy on Americans by the Chinese communist regime TikTok, which boasts more than 1 billion users. That's a lot. We did an episode a few weeks ago about now there's 8 billion users or yep. 8 billion. Um,
1: people on sh- Earth.
0: People on Earth. So that's a so lot. one in eight. Yeah. Um, boasts more than 1 billion users of its short-term video ent- entertainment app. Has been a political football since its inception because it is owned and controlled by the Chinese internet giant ByteDance. Uh, Rubio said, quote, we know it's used to manipulate feeds and influence elections. We know it answers to the People's Public or Republic of China. Um, the, the act that they're proposing would prohibit all transactions from any social media company lo- located in or influenced by China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, Cuba or Venezuela. So I guess their main fear is the app is controlled by a different country, potentially uh, an opposing rival country. mm mm-hmm. Compared to the ones that we're all, we all know and love that are a little bit less uh, s- skeptical or sus. Yeah. Like, everyone uses TikTok. Uh, sorry, everyone uses Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But they're all American. they have been,
1: but they've also been around that a little bit longer as well, right? And
0: they're, they're American-based. Mm-hmm. So, yes, they can be, like, peering in on your photos and stuff, but they're not, fil- they're not sending your info overseas, overseas potentially. I mean, mm-hmm. this, we don't know the facts here. TikTok had 111 million average monthly users in the U.S. from January to November 2022, up 22% from the same period last year. Mm-hmm. So I thought in 2020 during COVID, it was, the usage would have been so high. And then 2021, COVID was sort of lingering out. But this year, it's up 22% on last year. So if everyone was using it during COVID and stuff, like... The amount of people using it now must be insane.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Like people just like, obviously, you have people that are late to the bandwagon and be like, "Oh, I'm not going to get TikTok," and then they eventually do. Um, but there's a lot of people out that actually make an income from TikTok as well. Or there's a lot of companies that use it for advertising. There's a lot of places, like especially podcasts, that use it for shorts and stuff. And you yeah, had well, that's um, what we were going to do, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then there was, is um, it Neil Patrick?
0: Neil Patrick no. is from uh, How I Met Your Mother. Who's no, 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 no. <laughs>
1: who's the podcaster? Patrick Pet David. Yeah, thank you. Patrick Pet David. I couldn't remember the name for the life of me, but he did an experiment on on TikTok as well. Yeah. Like he, he released a whole bunch of shorts and stuff. Some
0: were like- Well, it wasn't even an intentional- it just, it just uh, was a matter of circumstance.
1: Yeah. Like he was just releasing normal content and then just one video just happened to be criticizing China mm-hmm. and then just he noticed or his team noticed there's like a dramatic decline on the amount of views and stuff that we're getting. So, yeah. Yeah. so
0: their uh, assumption is that the the content was getting censored and filtered to fewer and fewer people because they had uh, a potential negative light shown on the Chinese Communist Party. mm. Um, but prior to that, they were getting massive views yeah. uh, about business and business and culture entertainment, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, once you made that one video, I guess it's triggered some sort of algorithm and it's just limited his capacity for reach. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one example. But I mean, we're going to go into in a second some other interesting news about TikTok and the kind of information that it pushes to certain users yeah. can be quite scary. Uh, we'll just finish up this one here. Re- uh, Representative Gallagher, who was called TikTok a digital fentanyl.
1: Yes, that's a buzzword as well at the moment, especially in America, is fentanyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's a huge thing. Like it's a big concern over there. So if they're putting digital fentanyl, they do, um, I think
0: they're just using it as a. It's like kind a shock of, value it's, in it's a, a way. It's a shock value instead of yeah. marketing because everyone is scared of. That's what, a big scare thing at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's scared of fentanyl in, in the in the schools and stuff.
1: Yeah, so if they if they make TikTok like fentanyl, then the parents or whatever be out there like far out TikToks real bad.
0: They can understand it a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, as quote, digital fentanyl that's addicting Americans alleged that the app not only collects troves of data on US citizens, but also censors news. Um, and their example is that by allowing the app to continue to operate in the US would be like allowing the USSR to buy up the New York Times, Washington Post, and other major broadcast news or networks during the Cold War. So they're essentially saying you're letting a foreign entity be one of the biggest sources of news within our country. Yeah. So why, like, you wouldn't let USSR filter the media in, in America during times of war so, it's, it's pretty scary.
1: Well, and if you think about it, like I think a while back we we're talking about, so people Google stuff, obviously, like it's the biggest search platform. Then YouTube is the second biggest search platform, right, where people search how-to or news or that kind of thing. Yes, people use Twitter for news, but there's going to be people that are going to start using TikTok to search like information, right? So, if your information is coming not from, I guess, your country, how do you know how real or- False or whatever that information is going to be.
0: Well, I think a lot of the information is coming from the country, but it's about how it is filtered out and who it's sent to. Yeah. So that's the problem with TikTok. It's it's so curated to your interests. It's not based on a social circle. It's based on it's based on interests. Mm -hmm. So if you like Avatar or Star Trek, it's going to filter all that kind of stuff to you. Yeah. True. It's not like you're watching Chinese influencers Mm -hmm. or content creators making content bagging the US, right? What they do is if you have 100 people making content and then 50% are showing America in a positive light and 50% are showing in a negative light, not even showing in America in a negative light, just talking about negative concepts um, like like we're about to touch on self-harm or um, COVID misinformation, all that sort of stuff, they start filtering it. So instead of being a 50-50 split of content coming in, mm. they push one agenda more and the agenda more is – to push the people that are gonna start criticizing US more and just it's essentially creating infighting within America. That's yeah. their big concern. I don't know if this is true. It kind of makes sense.
1: But like if Facebook like that's what Facebook did, right? They did it during the election, they did it during COVID, was like the they sway boost. boost yeah, those, yeah, exactly. They either boost or dampen um the type of posts or the type of keywords that are being promoted. So if Facebook, which is an American owned company, are doing it. Could you imagine what a company that's, you know, owned overseas is gonna do?
0: Yeah. Hmm. So I mean, that's what creates all this infighting and... um, Divide. Divide is a good word. and All the anxiety you see in America between different genders and races and all this sort of crazy stuff that you see going on, all you have to do is be pushed 5% more in one direction and then it's going to start feeding and feeding and feeding more. Mm -hmm. Um, But the interesting thing is what... The, I mean, we don't know for sure, but what the, the Chinese users would be getting on their version of the app because they don't have TikTok. They have like their own version. And apparently, they get shown a lot more mathematics, educational stuff, promoting like Chinese healthier government, content in a way, more healthier, more positive content. But they don't have Facebook or Instagram there. But we have their app here. So mm-hmm. it's, it's like the Trojan horse, right? Ooh. I mean, that's just not my. I'm not that smart to come up with that um, oh. analogy, but like that's basically what it is. Yeah, you're sending a, an app in that has a huge benefit. Everyone loves it. They think it's a huge gift to society. Uh, but essentially, you have all these little. What do they have in the Trojan horse? The soldiers. Soldiers. Yeah, and they come out and, and start destroying everything, destroying everything from the inside out. Mm-hmm. So that I I don't know if it's going to be banned. I think it is going to be banned because you already see all these other apps incorporating it. Like you said. Google, YouTube. YouTube is the second biggest search engine. Mm-hmm. It makes more sense if you're going to create short-form vertical content to put it on YouTube anyway. TikTok does have that virality to it, mm-hmm. but only if it serves TikTok's interests, which in this, in this example people believe is um, to promote the downside of the... Yeah, I'm just losing the, it. It's you know, just like the
1: negative... The, neg- the, ne-
0: the negative aspects of the US or yeah. Western society even, right?
1: Well, that ties into the next article, right? The one that we were reading this morning just about... Yeah. The one up here, which is, you know, promoting the well, the I'll read it down the bottom. So the TikToks recommendation algorithm uh, pushes self harm and eating disorder content to teenagers within minutes of them expressing interest in the topics and research. Yeah. Like I know this was a huge thing for Instagram, right? Not long ago, um, uh, for a lot of those, if you were interested in like body, just like not interested that in was body, just a while ago far. actually. Because it yeah. was
0: what was the hashtag? Fit something. It was probably like five or six years ago almost.
1: Yeah, and it was like the whole fitness thing, but then it get, it started getting shown to like young teenage girls and they're getting a lot more body dysmorphia, um, that kind of aspect. So Instagram really had to change it up and make sure they're promoting positive content to young girls.
0: And the thing is that was only still images. There wasn't even videos really made by content creators then. So you it was easy to swipe past that stuff, but videos are more engaging.
1: Yeah, it's yep. a lot more um personable as well. Like you're actually... I guess, seeing someone talking, like seeing their thoughts and feelings and everything from it. So it makes it seem like it's more attainable in a way.
0: Yeah, so TikTok's recommendation, as you said, pushing self-harm disorders to teenagers within minutes. The center, so there's a nonprofit organization called the Center for Countering Digital Hate, found that the video sharing site TikTok will promote content including dangerous restrictive diets, pro-self-harm content and content romanticizing suicide. To users who show a preference for that material, even if they are registered as under 18s mm-hmm. so as soon as you show one slight bit of interest in um, like, I guess body dysmorphia or self-harm thoughts, it's going to start feeding you more and more and like, again, it's the Trojan horse analogy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So the last thing you need is more and more of that content. Like you'd think it'd start pushing you towards mental health services. Yeah, you'd think so. Content to like counteract those sort of thoughts. Yeah, so
1: like certain hashtags, if that should like trigger like a different type of algorithm, right? Like a safety algorithm or like you said, like a mental health one where it's being like, oh, you're seeing these ones. Here's some more positive stuff.
0: Yep. Uh, Imran Ahmed, the chief executive uh, of the nonprofit, says the results are every parent's nightmare. Young people's feeds are bombarded with harmful, harrowing content that will have a significant cumulative impact on their understanding of the world around them and their physical and mental health. And the, one of the big problems is people aren't really that equipped or open to talk about this stuff in person anyway. So if you have a, a young teenage child, chances are you're not going to be well-equipped to like have these sort of conversations. So where are they going to go, online or to their friends? And then they're going to just get fed more and more of this info unless they have some sort of... Reasonable outlet to discuss these sort of things. Yeah.
1: And like, just say if you're someone who's maybe an outcast or gets bullied or doesn't have like a lot of friends or things like that, and you go online, and you see these people promoting this stuff and they're getting a lot of love, they're getting a lot of likes, a lot of comments. Right. They see that and be like, I want that. Positive, I want to feel positive
0: feedback loop for a negative outcome.
1: Yeah, 100%. And they're like, I want, I want to be included. I want to be part of something. Like, I want to be seen. Right. Um, yeah, and so they try to imitate that or they think like, okay, that's my way out. That's how I'm going to get friends if I, you know, eat less or if I do this. That's like, scary. Yeah.
0: The researchers found that videos relating to body image, mental health, and eating disorders were shown to vulnerable accounts three more times compared to standard accounts. The vulnerable accounts received 12 times as many recommendations for self-harm and suicide-related videos as the standard accounts. So, they, I guess they made dummy accounts. Um, the basic standard account, just any sort of person that's not super interested in it or searching mm-hmm. for it frequently, um, was shown things three times as much, and then the vulnerable accounts were 12 times as much compared to the average user. Yeah. 12 times.
1: That's a lot. That is a lot. Like, that's pretty bad. And considering it's been shown to preteens, and those are the most, like, impressionable people, right? They're the ones that are growing, trying to figure themselves, have a whole bunch of, like, hormones firing up, like you see that type of content, it's really going to shape how you think going forward, how you're going to evolve into an adult. It can have really, really long-term effects. Like if you have that like negative connotations when you're younger, who knows what it's going to be like when you're an adult trying to, you know, sort yourself out.
0: Yeah. You just have just bad, uh, bad images and bad thoughts just laid upon layer. Like it's tricky and I wonder what the result would be if they ran these sort of experiments on the the rival apps that have the same kind of algorithm. Mm-hmm. Like Instagram's really big right now with yeah, the read like reels. The reels.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, um, YouTube shorts and if there'd
0: be like a, a counteract or a counterbalance to those sort of videos and they show more positive stuff. Yeah. Who knows?
1: Or is there gonna be like a push for having like a fail safe in certain algorithms like yeah, just say if that self harm hashtag comes up, promote other stuff instead.
0: Yeah, even just like a link to some sort of outlet or phone number or website where you can get a bit of support.
1: Yeah, like it will dampen it rather than um, make it twelve times more more influential.
0: It's crazy. Hmm. So should we? Let's go with TikTok. What's that? What's our big opinion here? Are we going to? I think I'm just going to delete it now because I A, like- I didn't find any hustle video that I wanted, <laughs> and then B, all all this stuff is, is not a lot of concern to me. Um, the 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 terms and conditions of the app, which we've heard before in a few other podcasts, they can monitor a lot of your keystrokes, I believe, and different apps that are already on your phone and your location data and that sort of thing. Um, uh, I don't think it's worth it. For the virality of some videos, yes. But like we said, Instagram has been around for like way longer. It's way more of a stable platform. And then YouTube is something we're trying to grow anyway, is the ability to get a viral clip on TikTok worth the potential heartache going into the future?
1: Well, it just depends whether it's the consumer or producer mindset, right? Like when I was – like I actually haven't been on TikTok much in the last couple of months. Like I used to use it as a – just like like a time waster in a way and I used to just like watch a whole bunch of content and like I find that I rarely use it now like whether it's because you know all this information about TikTok has popped up or whether it's more like I just realize you get stuck in that infinity loop so easy on TikTok.
0: Everyone says that.
1: Yeah like it's you've never used it that much like I, I got into like the ha- not habit but like I got into a bad habit of just like oh I've got a spare five minutes I'm just going to go on TikTok and have a look so I've switched Is that. that bad? Yeah I had to like switch that mental thing like as soon as I opened up the app I'm like what am I doing close it back down again because it's just like it's quick videos you'll find like a couple of funny ones to watch like a couple of dancing videos or whatever um but it's so easy to get into that infinity loop because the videos are most of them are so short that you're just going on to the next one and before you know it, you look at the time and be like "Fuck!" like 15 minutes has just passed by
0: i i hear everybody say that mm. i don't know if it's just i just i just don't have the ability to get hooked in that much if, it, if it's comedy or so, like i feel like i get burnt out if it's not something I've chosen and it's been forced on me, I get burnt out from it quite quick. And I, I don't think I've spent any more than five minutes in one session scrolling through the app.
1: Yeah. Like you've almost got like not a short attention span, but you do at the same time. Like you get over things really, really
0: quickly. Yeah, i too short. Yeah. so you, maybe just why I need a may- still image, right? Yeah.
1: Maybe. But yeah, you get over things really quickly, right? And like you just want to move on to the next thing. So. Not over you, baby. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you. Um you. Yeah, see? Oh, thank you. Um, But yeah, for for you, you hate wasting time, right? And that was something that I really... Like, I've got bad time management skills and that's something that I'm really trying to learn to get better at. Whereas you're like, no time and you just quickly move on to the next thing. So I think that's why you've never really been heaps into TikTok. You've never really been heaps into just like watching short-form content. You're more of a long-form content kind of guy.
0: That's true. And the the stuff that I I guess got fed to me was never... I didn't find that much value in it. Mm. And a lot of the stuff is already reposted onto Instagram by the people I follow anyway. Yeah,
1: like the best ones and stuff. So, yeah, it's like for that, it's super easy to get into that infinity loop. So, and I find that, um, yeah, rather than, you know, opening up TikTok, I'll open up Twitter instead or I'll... Like yeah. actually look at news or something like i'd just try and find something that's a little bit more valuable for me because
0: and you have to find it is the most important thing it's not exactly. just exactly yeah
1: 100 and tiktok some people say tiktok makes you dumb it's just because yeah you're just letting it take over your time and not having that choice of like what you're consuming is and making that choice whether it's valuable or not so
0: i think people just need more accountability for their for their shit you know like we talked to, we did an episode about mental health the other week and no, I'm not going to say a lot, but like there is a degree of how much you can control your own thoughts and have accountability for like how you're spending your time and where you put your headspace. Um, so I just feel like, you know, if you're getting stuck down that rabbit hole, that's, yes, the algorithm's great, yep, apparently.
1: And, and it can be addictive, but it all comes down to deliberate practice. Like yeah. you have to make that conscious choice. You're like- only
0: going to go on there if you've got nothing else to do anyway.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. <sighs>
0: Troubling times. Speaking mm. of um depressive thoughts and yeah. and uh, mental health, we just seen the new Avatar yesterday. It was great. Do you have the post Avatar depression syndrome?
1: No, is that a thing? Don't
0: you know what that is. No. Okay, let's bring that up real quick before we transition into the next segment. Yeah. Post Avatar, it's
1: um. No, we're not going to give any spoilers away. We promise for the new Avatar. We'll try not to. We, we'll try not to. Um, if we do, apologies in advance. Um, but it's a very long film, so buckle up.
0: Yeah, we're not going to spend too much time on it because there's just—it's too much to uh, take in. But I guess we'll give our initial thoughts and um, the takeaways and whether we—we we, our verdict. I guess we'll give it a little star rating. Pads. <laughs> Pad.
1: why, why do they call it pads, man?
0: Pads for short. So this was um, discussed ten years ago uh, by a bunch of. I don't know if they're legit, legit scientists or not, but it is a, a, a thing that people believe in, is the post-avatar depression syndrome. Why do fans feel blue after watching James Cameron films? Um, so I haven't really read this article in depth or made any highlights, but basically the the idea is that it is so extravagant, there's so colourful and vibrant, there's so much connection with nature and to one another, that once uh. people get out of it, they come back to the real world full of technology and
1: and the concrete carage and every yeah.
0: you know all that sort of stuff, and they just feel depressed basically because they the the real world is so different from this make believe. I mean, it is make believe movie, mm-hmm. scientific or sci fi movie. Um, but, you know, people just they just feel depressed after it because it's the, the world's so vastly different.
1: I could sort of see that, like with the first Avatar ride, that was a bit of a, you know, like you were saying, it's like a hero's journey, it's like a love story, it's like a big battle. Whereas this new one's more about family, protecting your family, having that dynamic. Um, It's a little bit more different on, I guess, the outlook or the perception of what's important in life. So if you're, I don't know, like a, a lonely dude going to see Avatar, and you see, that, okay. about, yeah, you see this big thing about, yeah, this big thing about like family yeah, and yeah, having a unit or having like a tribe, right? Like, because the whole thing is like whether you know on Pandora they have tribes and they like look after their own tribe, and you come back out and you're like this single or two two person unit or whatever, and you're just like, all right, I guess I'm going to work, doing my thing, trying to make some un- money, and then you yeah.
0: know, and everyone's overweight, everyone's fed the fast food diet, everyone's just wants the quick access to everything. And it just it's just such a vast difference. I mean, that's why we love movies, there, right? It's, mm-hmm. Escapism,
1: escape from reality. Yeah. Um.
0: So the avatars... So you don't have the you don't have pads. Well, no. you I mean you have?
1: I have pads because I'm a woman. <laughs> yeah, but, but I not don't. Not the
0: post Avatar depression no. syndrome, No, no. Um. So, James Cameron's Avatar sequel, Way of Water, expected to make a splash with 525 million. So a little over half a billion in the global opening uh, week, but needs two billion to break even. So. The anticipated blockbuster currently has an opening weekend global outlook of a whopping $525 million. Um, they have to earn somewhere north of $2 billion to break even on its 350 to $400 million budget and millions more spent on advertising and distribution.
1: Millions more
0: on advertising. Wow. Um, in contrast, the first Avatar film, which premiered in 2009, went on to make $2.9 billion. Oof. Crazy, yeah.
1: and it was the. It's probably gonna follow this in the article, but yeah, like Avatar was like the top rated movie for like such a long time before Endgame came out and sort of took mm-hmm. over. Like and it was.
0: I'd imagine this will probably take over Endgame. Potentially, I think it will.
1: Yeah, give it time.
0: We give it a little bit. It,
1: it depends because it's only just come out, so it depends on people's reactions, the reviews. I think it's gonna probably gain that slow momentum because yes, it's a long movie, but it's actually. Like, the world building was really good. Um, the special effects were, like, phenomenal. Um, the 3D aspect was so much better than the original one because we saw it at the cinemas that first time and you were like, oh, my God, 3D is such a new thing.
0: Well, to make the money up and to beat Endgame, um, they're going to need, like you said, they're going to be very, very close. So the thing is the film is expected to earn around $175 million in the US and Canada. While overseas screenings may bring in an additional three fifty, from that three fifty, hundred million are expected to come from China. Mm-hmm. Although they've got like crazy COVID right now, so that could potentially hinder its growth. Nice. And another yep. aspect that you just said is um, it's going to be around in cinemas for a long time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the other movies, like Avengers and stuff, they don't stick in they they're in the cinemas, but not for like months and months and months. Mm-hmm um so like they're comparing it here to spider-man no way home which wasn't in the cinemas for a super long time uh but it's kind of here it says here the somewhat older fan base of avatar is expected to behave more like viewers of the film top gun which stayed in theaters for many months and has earned nearly 1.5 billion so the longer it is in the cinemas mm-hmm. um the, the more money it's gonna make oh, that
1: makes sense because if they're if they're sort of like advertising it to like the old, like, our generation, right, who watched it when we were in our young 20s.
0: Got more money to spend. Oh, we don't really have money to spend now. But
1: but to say it's out for longer, you'd be like, what should we do this weekend? Oh, Avatar's still out. Let's go watch that.
0: Exactly. Mm. But I think, we. I mean, we see it in 3D. It's got a little trailer here we don't play the sound or anything mm-hmm. um but the best way to experience it is in imax there's no imax in sydney there's only one in melbourne in australia
1: is there, wasn't there one in darling harbour
0: it's been under reconstruction for like oh wow. five six Absolutely. seven years
1: yeah i i honestly thought 3d was ro- dead like i didn't think they would make any more 3d movies they don't make 3d tvs anymore they don't even really make 3d movies on blu-ray it's all like the older stuff but getting it putting on the glasses even though i wear glasses i was fine um it was actually not too so bad, like it was quite immersive.
0: Yeah it was I mean we've watched a few videos and reviews since we we'll just popped some random images to have in the background uh, since we've seen it yesterday and I mean I watched the first one the day before on mm-hmm. Tuesday, and it was good, but then when you actually think about how the new one is filmed, the visual graphics The underwater scenes, like the actual avatars of the the Na'Vi themselves are so clear and realistic it is insane compared to the first one it's like twice as clear
1: yeah because the whole like for avatar one like james cameron wanted to release it or make it like in the 90s but the technology wasn't even available yet so it got pushed back until they had the proper cameras and all that kind of thing for it and it was like revolutionary right like that's why it was so huge because it was one of the first 3d movies it was like one of the first sort of like with that motion capture, right, they had all the dots and stuff on their face to capture the emotion and the movements and everything. And then this one was just...
0: Next level.
1: Yeah, it looked so realistic. Like, it was pretty crazy.
0: Um, so, yeah, we haven't given away any spoilers yet. I guess, mm-hmm. like, like the main theme that you said was... The first one was kind of, I thought, was based on, like, acceptance. Like, uh, obviously, the the military and the sky people are coming in to get the Unobtainium and just deplete the Pandora uh, planet from resources. Mm-hmm. Now that uh, the main character, Jake Sully, is like incorporated into the Na'vi, mm-hmm. he's sort of like almost like the the king, I guess. Like
1: the tribal leader of tribal, his tribe. Tribal leader yeah, yeah. of his
0: clan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's based around their family now. So there's yeah. like a bunch more kids, way more characters compared to the first one. Mm-hmm. So this one's more about family dynamics, father and son. Uh, there's a few elements of father and son. And it was just, like you said, just more of a u- unit building and like teamwork and family ties and there's just so much to go into in the movie, like three three hours and ten minutes. Yeah. It f- did. F- it was long, but it wasn't overly long or overly drawn out.
1: Like I thought it was a bit, like after the movie, because I had to like go to the bathroom like halfway through, like I thought it was a bit too long, but actually after the next day and sort of thinking about it, I'd be like, you know what? It wasn't too bad because I realised there was just so many different little stories going on that they sort of needed that space to let them – breathe a little bit. Alas, I just feel too rushed. I wouldn't be able to remember hardly anything that happened in the movie if it moved too far so they didn't, you know, stay on one particular character for long enough. So now when the next one comes out, I'm going to have a better understanding of like where that character is going to go if they're going to have their own side story.
0: Surely they can't make it long, the next one longer. Because I know they're thinking up to four or five of them. Um, we could be decades away before this this whole saga is like wrapped up, right? Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing about this is like the graphics are insane. The the facial I guess recognition they use with the computer software is crazy. The all the underwater scenes are amazing. Uh, a lot of it is shot in 48 frames per second. So the under all the underwater scenes, I don't know if you noticed, they're all in a higher frame rate. No. So it makes it a lot smoother. than a wow. lot of the action scenes are in 48 frames per second. It actually cuts between 24 and 48 frames per second in the middle of scenes and transitions. So it's sort of if you know what you're looking for, you can see it. A lot of the fast-paced scenes look like a video game cutscene.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: That's if you play video games, you'll probably be able to spot it quite easily. It can mm-hmm. be distracting at times, um, but the what's this dude? The, the I forget what he's main. The Colonel. The Colonel, the Sergeant, guys like probably the, one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Jake Sully is probably. He's not really the, the biggest character in this one.
1: No, because there's because he's got, like, his whole family unit, right? They focus a lot on the kids and what they're doing, like, their coming-of-age story in a way, because, like, he's – obviously, he's, like, a – he's the clan leader. He, like, helped, you know, defeat the Sky people, so he has this whole, like, legendary aspect around it. So it's almost like his children are trying to live up to his expectation yeah. or his um, – like, he's renowned in a way, so that's, well, he has like- that
0: military background, right? Yeah. And he's trying to, like, run his whole family as, like, a military unit, essentially. Yeah.
1: which is a bit different than the... I think they are saying, like, the, the, the Titanic sort of love story that the first one had.
0: Well, speaking of Titanic, there's a lot of, like, almost eerie similar aspects. Like, obviously, Titanic's filmed on the water because it's a Titanic ship. It's about a boat. <laughs> but, like, the whole last hour was just action-packed, a lot of... On the water. On the water, yeah. right? And just like fire on the water, burning mm-hmm. rubber on the water. Like it looks, it feels like Titanic to a degree.
1: James Cameron has like an infinity for water, right? Cause he's also got the movie Abyss, is it? And that's like based in water and stuff well, as he well. He did that
0: super deep sea dive. Like he has that.
1: Oh, he has like that big 3d movie that wasn't the IMAX, right?
0: It's like real footage from him going down there. I think. Yeah. 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 Um, so interesting. We're not going to give away too much spoilers. Um, who was your favorite character from this one? Um, Hmm. You don't have to give away their story or anything like that, but...
1: No, like, I liked the, um, her, what, what's her name? The, Kiri. um, Kiri, yeah.
0: Played by Sigourney Weaver.
1: Yes, yeah, so that wasn't, I thought, I didn't think it was to begin with, but it was, so she, like, played, like, a teenager and stuff, which was, um, interesting, yeah. like, it was one of those things, but her, her character going forward's gonna be... Um, I'm looking forward to, like, what they're going to do with it because there was a couple of interesting things that sort of happened that sort of, um, I guess, solidifies what her story art could potentially be.
0: Yep. Mm. So, let's actually see how many more avatars there are. Avatar number of films.
1: Let's see how many, many.
0: Four films.
1: Right, so they want to do four.
0: That'd be a great video game, this latest one, right? So, Avatar, let's have a look
1: oh, here. Oh, like, because there wouldn't be that many... I mean, unless they make a Little Mermaid video game, there wouldn't be really many games. Who the hell under- would play that? No, there would be a Little Mermaid video game, but there wouldn't be many games, like, underwater, right? Right. Yeah. So it'd just be, like, different types of, like, evil bosses to defeat or... Yeah, it'd be interesting.
0: But, yeah, there's plenty of new creatures. Like, in the first one, there's a lot of the sky, I guess, what, pterodactyl-looking type things. Mm-hmm. This one's a lot of underwater stuff. Um, What else did we... What have we missed about Avatar?
1: Well, it's just, like, if they've got... Cause where they came from, they were like the forest clan, right? And these guys are like the water clan. Yep. Like, is there going to be like a desert clan? Like, what a else desert is there? Clan. Yeah.
0: Interesting. It's, it's be a bit like- hard to, see. It's, it's like when you see like an albano ur- owl in the woods, like it's, it's easy to spot. It's going to be easy to spot a blue avatar or a blue Navi in the middle of a desert.
2: Yeah. Unless it's- if
0: it's the sand's blue. And
1: yeah, probably. Probably Um, is. And then they would have like, you know, Dune sort of style, like big worms or something like that. Yeah, If he
0: does that, it's a clear ripoff. <laughs> because there's a lot of stolen elements from this, from other movies. Well,
1: that's what he said. He, he said he's so inspired by all these sci-fi movies, all these different aspects, and just wants to like incorporate it into one. Like he's, you could tell like he loves stories. And that was one of the things, like he said, he had to write a novel before he could release Avatar. Like he wanted to get the story out right. So, hmm.
0: All right. So this is going to breakdown of all the, the Characters that would be in each movie, and I imagine he would have filmed a lot of them back to back. Um, I mean, it would have cost a lot of money to. I mean, this took 13 years to make the kids. How long would have the kids been in production and filming for? Because a they lot wouldn't of it would
1: have done it for 13 years. That's straight. what I'm saying. It's yeah. interesting,
0: like, what period of time was like digital effects, what time, what period of time was just getting the actors in their suits and that sort of thing.
1: Well, it would say, I guess, when um production started to when post-production started, right? Oh, that's
0: going to be tricky to, to pin down, but Avatar 3 expected for release in 2024, so we've got two years. Uh, Avatar production. 4, 2026. Sorry, just yep.
1: to cut away. So production began in August 2017 and it wrapped up in 2020, so it took three, three years. years.
0: That makes sense. Otherwise, yeah. the kids are going to age too much, right? Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how far back or how much older the kids get in the progressive movies.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the third movie, yep, 2024, then 2026, then 2028. So we're essentially 20 years between number one and number five. Wow. Um, and you can see potential for many, many spinoffs. Mm-hmm. This would just be a great Netflix show, just a great series. Yeah. But the production quality is just insanely high.
1: It would be, yeah. It would be like a, unless they have like, you know the game of thrones sort of style money thrown at it or
0: well, like what was the lord of the, wasn't lord of the, the new lord of the rings tv show under the biggest budget
1: yes it was and it tanked right it did tank yep yeah. so you're probably rather having like a movie where you have a little bit more control it'll be less bleeding right because i guess the more it goes on the longer it can bleed out, right? Yeah.
0: Speaking of bleeding out, Warner Brothers. Oh, bleeding, yeah. Bleeding from bleeding all the seams. Bleeding
1: money. Uh, bleeding money.
0: And I've pulled the wrong article up and we don't have access to the Wall Street Journal anymore. Oh, wow. Because we've uh, overdone our clicks for the week. But basically, I mean, we've got, we've got a few minutes left. We'll wrap it up. Warner Brothers Discovery ha- now, they joined, well, Warner Brothers has joined Discovery, which owns a bunch of other subsidiaries that mm-hmm. make content. So this is a little infographic here. Warner Brothers Discovery now own HBO, CNN, Discovery Plus, T N T, Warner Brothers, DC in particular. Is what we're going to talk about here, Mm -hmm. and they've just announced that they will be reducing costs or cutting costs by five point three billion, or they're writing off stuff worth five point three billion, particularly in the content space. Mm. So they're just cutting a bunch of TV shows and movies. Um, To save money. And, like, the one we, the part we wanted to talk about was DC because we're, I feel like I'm more of a DC guy than a Marvel guy. I'm yeah. more of a Batman, Superman than a Iron Man, Spider-Man yeah, guy. Yeah, I mean,
1: like, with all... You think about, like, something in DC does really well is the Batman movies, right? You've got your Dark Knight franchise. You've obviously got the... You know the old school Val Kilmer sort of Batman and all that kind of thing, and then you've got the Robert Patterson one that does really well. You've got like the Joker film that did really well. Yeah, they do so well with, I keep saying well, um, but with Only
0: when the standalones,
1: yeah, with the standalones, but also the ones that have a little bit more of like a real life aspect to it, like the nitty gritty. But when it comes to the magical supernatural element,
0: they really fall short. Yeah, that's where Marvel shines.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, but one thing that I was sort of listening to this morning actually was. Something that Marvel has very – that that's good for them is their Marvel Studios is a standalone studios, right? So they have a bit more autonomy. They have a little bit more control over what they can release, whereas DC is owned by Warner Brothers. Like, they don't have their own studio. So I think with this merger, that's something that they're really going to try and push forward is having their own sort of studio space so they can really have that character building, story building, that universe building that Marvel do. Yeah,
0: and then, um, well, it's a Disney now, right? Yeah, trying to compete with Disney. Well,
1: they still no like, Marvel still has their own studio though, so they still have control. Just Disney is right. just part of it.
0: So what Disney in comparison has, or uh, well, obviously Disney, ESPN, twentieth mm-hmm. uh, century Fox, which is you know the yeah. bangers of generations. Yeah, so Marvel if you see, see,
1: see how it's a studio, so they actually have their own studio space. So right. it's all in house, right? So
0: was uh, Sony it was that issue with the Spider Mans were done by Sony, and there was mm-hmm. I guess competing for who had access to the latest spider-man movie Uh, the
1: intellectual property of it yes Yeah, so it Mm. it
0: can get very tricky to wrap your head around all this stuff but i guess the main thing is now that this big acquisition has happened everyone wants better dc content they've seen Marvels shine for two decades now from the spider-mans to the iron mans to the the avengers like we said endgame was like a banger banger series yeah um but dc just hasn't hit the mark they do good in their standalone thing Mm -hmm. and then none of their tv shows or series like mesh together as a universe And that's something they're trying to push forward um going into the future and uh, well
1: like flash wasn't too bad like tv show arrow wasn't too bad they're not intertwined no and it was like that joke of like how could they make like a suicide squad before like the justice league movie they're just they're all over the place when it comes to that type of thing like I remember reading like Justice League. It was like that was the superhero group that everybody knew like cartoon wise. Like that's actually something that DC did really well was like their animation series like the In the the, 90s. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. The DC animation was really good and really, really strong. Um, But it's, it's just so bizarre that they just can't get like the Justice League right where everybody knows Superman. Everybody knows Batman. Like it's insane that. The Avengers with Hawkeye and like Black Widow and stuff seem to do so much better
0: and the lesser known characters exactly. it was just I guess a better vision Overall, a
1: hundred percent, yeah. And I can't remember the dude's name, but the guy that's in charge of like the Marvel Studios, yeah, he's also they're saying he's also like a business business dude. So he was able to build that and create that world. Whereas in DC, because it's not a proper studio, it's just the intellectual property. They have so many um, people in there, so many vision too heads, too many cooks in the kitchen. A hundred percent, they And just too can't many get creative
0: right. creative ideas. Yep. They all none of them really mesh. I guess that's an impossible thing to pull off, mm-hmm. and that's why uh, Marvel's been. Um, so dramatically more successful at it. Yeah. It's, it's trying to wrangle 10 horses at once.
1: 100%. So I think what they're going to try and do again for like the 100 billionth time is start everything from they're scratch. they
0: starting again. So basically, yeah. uh, latest news is that James Gunn, who did the Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. trilogy, I think it's a new one out at the moment or about to come out. Yeah. Um, Peter, uh, this is a quote uh, from James Gunn on Twitter. Peter and I chose to helm DC Studios knowing we were coming into a fractitious fractious environment both in the stories being told and in the audience itself and there would be an unavoidable transitional period as we moved into telling a cohesive story across film TV animation and gaming so they're they're trying again they're, yeah the cutting costs at a bigger level from Warner Brothers mm-hmm. um but they're going to I guess try for the next decade to literally
1: start from scratch
0: get it, get it all running mm-hmm. uh but in the end, the drawbacks of that transitional period were dwarfed by the creative possibilities and the opportunity to build upon what, what has worked in DC so far and to help rectify what has not. The transition period is no small thing. Warner Brothers has four DC properties on its film slate for 2023. We've got Shazam.
1: hmm
0: I think that's the sequel. I haven't even seen the first one.
1: The Shazam's one with- um.
0: We haven't seen it though, right?
1: No, the, that, was it that the first one? That's like the Zach, not Zach Schneider, bloody. Um, he was in the TV show Chuck and stuff.
0: But is that the second movie or the first Shazam movie?
1: I think the second Shazam, unless if that's the Rock Shazam.
0: So there was the first one in 2019. Yeah,
1: yeah, Zach Levy, Zachary Levy. That's right. Yeah. So it's a yeah. sequel though. Yes,
0: but I, I mean, the first one was never.
1: I liked the first one. I thought it was pretty. Did good.
0: Did we watch
1: it? Um, I've seen it.
0: Okay. <laughs> I must have been away that night. <laughs> uh, the Flash coming out in June, I believe that's following on from the same actor and stuff from the TV show. Mm-hmm. Blue Beetle in August, never heard of it, and Aquaman, Lost Kingdom in December. Yeah. Um, a well-placed source says Gunn and Safran are exploring the possibility of incorporating filmmaker Matt Reeves' iteration of Batman, the new one with Robert Patterson, into mm-hmm. the wider universe. So they're trying to intertwine all these things, because they've got a bunch of movies in production, a bunch yes. of those are like- Pretty much ready to come out. Mm-hmm. And now they have to like refocus how to tie it all into one universe. They've, and that will
1: be hard. Is
0: Exactly. That's what it's saying. They're trying yep. to thread the need, impossible needle here. They've cut back. Wonder Woman 3 is not happening anymore. Mm-hmm. They've just um, essentially sacked. Uh, what's his name? We just, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill is not going to be Superman anymore. They want to do a younger version of Superman.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, he's a great Superman as a, well. He he's looks, the
0: best. He the,
1: looks like Superman. He's got like the. And he's a great actor as well. Like he's in The Witcher. Yeah. So it'll be um, be interesting how they tie it over, and like it's always that struggle with Batman, right? Because they always do it so dark and so gritty, and then how are they going to enter in like someone who's got magical powers? Like Chris,
0: yeah, Christopher Nolan. Like there's some things that have to be set apart, but I can understand you're trying to have a standalone arc of stories. Like the the Dark Knight was amazing, right? But like you said, it's going to be hard to incorporate someone that's a bit outside the box mm-hmm. into that. Although they they sort of appear in comic books and stuff together. Yeah. It is hard if you if you don't want to interrupt the already creative flow of the the stories you're trying to tell with one particular Batman, mm-hmm.
1: especially in like a lot of the Batman ones, his villains are real life people, right? Rather than having someone who has like a slightly magical ability. Whereas in the comics, he does fight people that have like in a bit of an ability and stuff there, so it's not too far fetched when it comes to adding in other superheroes.
0: I think they just, the trouble with them, like Marvel's put it off well. And like you said, they're doing, they do Hawkeye and they, all these other spin offs because their main ones have been so successful. Mm-hmm. But it's about knowing your place in the franchise, knowing the character's place. Is this a, a B or C grade character? Mm-hmm. Does it deserve a TV show? There's just so much content, so many streaming mm-hmm. services. Um, some, such demand for new content all the time, but they've got to get the main ones right. Like Batman and Superman need to knock them out of the park every time. hundred percent. Everything else will flow.
1: Yeah. And Flash is probably the second biggest one as well, I think, in getting that one right.
0: Have you ever watched the TV show?
1: Um, I watched the first, um, like two seasons or so. And I used to watch the Arrow as well. Like the Arrow was pretty decent.
0: Arrow was supposed to be good at the time. I never, yeah. never watched it. I
1: think but. it got a bit weird towards the end, as usually those kind of shows do. But
0: you burn out, right?
1: Yeah. Um... But it'll be interesting to see what they can do with it. And that's like what it is at the end of the day, right? They want to make it a bit more cohesive against like all the streaming platforms and all these companies. They just want your attention at the end of the day and they want a strong audience that will come back time after time to spend their money or to give you their attention. So I think that's what you're saying before was one of the struggles with the audience was like trying to make them happy, but also making a successful series and movies that can go across all these different platforms so can go into the cinemas and can go into the streaming platforms and people can can just transition easy from one one to the other
0: we'll make it easy for you guys to transition to next week's episode we'll see you (laughs) then next monday Bye.
1: bye